0: Hello, welcome to the Diet NPO Podcast. My name is Zach, and I'll be your host. What's up, listeners? This is podcast episode number 10, and today I'm taking a deeper dive into nutrition and our immunity, as well as discussing a few vitamins and minerals related to our immunity to apply to the RD exam. Thanks again for all of you that have continued to show support. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review, wherever you catch your podcasts. New updates for me, everyone, is that I actually ended up with COVID shortly after the 4th of July for the first time ever. And I tell you, I think I know it's the first time ever because I don't know about you, but I've never felt this way in my life. I know that sounds so retro for 2019 of like, oh, I got COVID, but I have to say that I was a bit proud up to this point for never getting it. And now I'm just a little bit bummed that I lost my bragging rights, but I am happy to say that I am a survivor and I know all of you had great concern in your voice there, but at least I can breathe well enough to still have my bragging rights. So really it's not all that bad right now. During that short isolation window, thankfully it was just that five days, I was really trying to stay on top of taking plenty of vitamins, minerals, electrolytes and fluids as I was just anxious that I would have some significant side effects. One of the downsides of being sick is that you really don't have much of a taste for fresh food including most of our fresh fruits and vegetables. Especially in the raw form, I don't know about you but I couldn't think of a less appealing thing to eat. This got me taking a multivitamin for about five to 10 days to stay on top of my vitamin and mineral needs. And so I basically had the most expensive urine for about five days, as most people do that take a multivitamin, you always see that we're urinating out that extra. But it got me thinking about nutrition and my immunity and made me feel like I needed to dig in a little bit more to know about what specific vitamins I should be continuing to eat to help meet my needs and boost that immunity. Let's start by introducing the immune system a little bit. Now, the immune system is this big network, and it coordinates to all of the body's defenses against anything that threatens our health. Think here, something like a bacterial infection that we might get from foodborne illness, a virus such as COVID, or a toxin that we come in contact with that's chemical. Now our leukocytes in our bone marrow that are produced in our bone marrow these are like the security personnel who are monitoring the blood for any foreign antigens or foreign pathogens that come in here. Those leukocytes have that job of clearing out those toxins from the blood, right? When we get a booster or an infection from COVID, we finally get to develop those antibodies. And the antibodies are like a coded lock that can help bind and destroy those invading antigens that they correspond to. So it's kind of like the antibodies bind to that antigen once we come in contact again and kind of self-explode. Once we have those antibodies all set, we should be better set for the next time we're exposed to that antigen. Maybe you've learned about food allergies and a little bit of how this antigen thing goes. With a, food board, with, a food, excuse me, with a food allergy, this, there's this massive autoimmune response to foods that are otherwise harmless in the diet. When we come in contact with that food, we get that IgE antibody. That's a key point for the RD exam. IgE antibodies produce, which causes this big pro-inflammatory markers and pro-inflammatory molecules that cause us to close our throat, give us a rash, have diarrhea. Etc. Let's go ahead and let's get into those specific vitamins that we need to focus on for our good immunity. Diving into some of the top players and why not, let's talk about the one that caused all of that scurvy and all those pirates, vitamin C. Remember vitamin C is a water soluble vitamin that always gets this rap for how much it helps us with our immune system. We get vitamin C from multiple sources. Think colorful fruits and vegetables mostly, red pepper, oranges, kiwi, and grapefruit, just to name a couple top sources there. Vitamin C has these specific roles to our immune system, and I'm going to try to just go over the broad concepts here. It supports our epithelial barrier function against those pathogens by potentially protecting against the environmental oxidative stress. So that's like saying it's trying to keep that that nice barrier function to make sure that nothing passes through the barrier that it shouldn't. So when we're deficient in vitamin C, sometimes that happens a lot more with pathogens. Vitamin C also accumulates in those immune-fighting cells and helps to enhance their response to infection, basically boosting them up to make them stronger. And reportedly, um, it has a low amount of toxicity and we can consume up to two grams per day of vitamin C to help potentially prevent and certainly fight off an infection. Next, steering into its neighbor here, which is vitamin D, Vitamin D is on deck for our immune system function vitamins. This is gonna be one of our fat soluble vitamins, remember here. Vitamin D, we always know it has to do with the bones a lot of the time and bone integrity, but little did you know that vitamin D also helps our innate immune system, which that's like our first line of defense against an infection. Sources of this should be easy to recommend, like our bony fish such as salmon, mackerel, fortified juices, and fortified milk as well. It can also help boost the antimicrobial effects of our immune cells, making them stronger, and the effect of those pathogen-fighting cells. So vitamin D is a big one that we wanted to keep in there, and I took tons of that over my five-day isolation. Vitamin A is our orange buddy, and it can cause some, inf- and it can. When we're deficient in vitamin D, we can be at higher risk for infection when we're in that deficient state. Get out those carrots, get out that turkey, the sweet potatoes and spinach, because beta-carotene is here to help you out. Bear in mind, this is another fat-soluble vitamin. Namely, a vitamin A deficiency can lead to a breakdown of our mucosal function, which could allow more of those bad pathogens in. It also helps us with the creation of some of our immune-fighting cells And when someone is deficient in vitamin A, there's a noticeable decrease in the concentration of those immune-fighting cells. So keep that RDA up to 700 to 900 micrograms per day for adult populations. Lastly, we can thank many of our B vitamins, especially our folate and B12, as these are huge to help us with the creation of new cells, including the ones that help us with our immune system. So a big shout out to those animal products and algae for giving us that B12 and for our green leafies for helping out with all that folate. Now that you know how to boost up that immune system and put it on steroids with our vitamins, now let's go through a couple of random vitamin and mineral practice questions to help out with our immune system as well as just going through all of our vitamin and mineral discussion. Xerophthalmia is a condition most closely associated with blank deficiency. First off, you need to know what xeropithalmia is. So if you can't really recognize that, we need to try to kind of figure that out. Zero is that prefix or this XE is kind of that prefix of um, when it's abnormal or without. And pathalmia is kind of discussing uh, a lot of the moisture and what we're talking about here is the eye. And what this is is abnormal dryness of the conjunctiva of the cornea of the eye. It's kind of that eye kind of dryness type of thing. This is a common deficiency related to one of our vitamins here and let's go through our answers to see which, if you can identify which one that'll be. So we're looking at, is it vitamin B6, vitamin E, vitamin B12, or vitamin A. Again, xerophthalmia is a condition most associ- closely associated with a blank deficiency. B6, E, B12, or A. I'm gonna go through each of our kind of options here, maybe starting with B12. I know that B12 can, as I just discussed, it's one that can definitely help me out a lot of the time when I'm trying to make new cells. And I know B12 helps me out with my deficiencies, certainly. Um, so what else does it do? Well, I know it, when I'm talking about like my anemia, definitely B12 is that big one for that pernicious anemia. Do I think it's going to cause dryness in the eye? Eh. Probably not, it's not gonna be the first one that I'm gonna go with there. So I would probably get rid of B12 as being one of those answers there and I'm gonna go ahead and just ditch that out. Going into vitamin E, what do I know about vitamin E? Well, I do know that it's going to be an antioxidant, that's a huge piece of what it does there. It's it's a huge antioxidant. So if I have some oxidative stress or infection in my body, it can definitely help to reduce that through that antioxidant property. Does it have to do with dryness of the eyes? No, I'm not thinking it does. So I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate that as maybe not my best fit. I have vitamin B6, also known as pyridoxine, is one of my B vitamins. When I think of B vitamins, I'm thinking of, of course, like our immune, I'm sorry, a lot of creation of our cells, DNA, RNA, helping out with a lot of that type of things. But do I think of dryness of the eye with pyridoxine? Well, I'm not going to go fishing for something that's not true. So um, no, I don't think B6 or pyridoxine is going to be a good fit. Let's check my last answer here. Vitamin A. Well, what I do know about vitamin A is that I know vitamin A corresponds to beta carotene and retinol. And if we recall, whenever we talked about eat those carrots if you want to have good eyes, this is the reason why. Vitamin A does correspond to xerophthalmia as a deficiency because vitamin A is really much about that eye health. And so a lot of the times when I see a deficiency that's causing a side effect of eye health or something wrong with the eyes, like night blindness... I'm gonna think vitamin A, and that's gonna be my best fit for this here. Moving on to number two, which of the following foods would be the best source of vitamin D? Okay, again, best source is what I'm thinking of here. Not just a good source, what's the best source here? I land with A, spinach, B, non-fortified orange juice, C, sardines, or D, baked beans. Again, which of the following foods would be the best source of vitamin D, looking for the best, spinach, non-fortified orange juice, sardines, or baked beans? Well, let's start from the top here. Starting with spinach, what do I know about spinach? Well, I do know that spinach is a good source of probably like vitamin K. We always think of those leafy greens, maybe even my folate being a good source of that for the spinach and probably the vitamin C as well but is it going to have a lot of like fat to it because again vitamin d is a fat soluble vitamin so will spinach have a lot of that i'm thinking no or definitely at least i'm not thinking it's the best source here so i'm going to go ahead and push that off to the side non-fortified orange juice well i know that oranges and orange juice have lots of vitamin c in them as that's always classically what we know about it right But what do I know about vitamin D when it comes to it? Well, I know that a lot of my fortified beverages will be fortified with vitamin D, but if this one's non-fortified orange juice, I don't think it's gonna be a good source of it. So it's out for me. Moving on to C, sardines. I do know that some of those fatty fish and the fish with the bones were some of the ones that had vitamin D in it. So I would hold on to that for a second. And then lastly, baked beans. Well, I would think with baked beans, obviously we can get a lot of different types of foods, a lot of vitamins and minerals can be found in baked beans. It's very protein dense, so we're gonna get some of our B vitamins in there as well. But am I gonna be getting a lot of vitamin D for beans? If I had to decide between C or D, and it's a 50-50 shot of what I feel best about, I'm going with sardines, because I knew things like mackerel and salmon were great sources of vitamin D, and so I'm gonna choose that, sardines is my best fit here certainly lastly number three here which of the following foods would you recommend for a patient with a non-healing wound would i go with kiwi potato oatmeal or mushrooms again which of the following would you recommend for a patient with a non-healing wound so we're looking for the recommend and a non-healing wound which one of that that'll be kiwi potato, oatmeal, or mushrooms. Starting from the top, I know that kiwi is a good source of vitamin C here. And especially when I'm thinking of wound healing, I'm thinking of a lot of our high protein foods as being a big source. I'm thinking of a lot of our, making sure we get proper amounts of like iron in the diet as well. And I really think about vitamin C as being a big one because vitamin C helps to keep that nice strong integrity of of the kind of the skin and the the cells there to kind of prevent that infection. So I'm gonna look for maybe a good source of vitamin C here. What do I know about kiwi? Mm, Well, it is a fresh fruit or vegetable. So I would say it's a good source of vitamin C. I hope you would too. I'm gonna hold on to that for now and see what else I got here. Potato. Well, I know potato is a great source of potassium, for example. I know it's a great source of simple carbs, um, but I don't think it's gonna be a good thing for a non-healing wound. Or at least I can tell you the patients I see with non-healing wounds, they eat tons of potatoes and their wounds still suck. C, oatmeal. Going to be a nice source of fiber, going to help out with someone with high cholesterol probably and with carb control as it's a pretty low glycemic index food. Is it going to help me out with my non healing wound? Nah, I'm not thinking that really. And D, with mushrooms. All right, well, with mushrooms, I know it's a great source of vitamin D. I know that's helpful for my immunity and I know it's helpful for good bone health. Is it the best thing that I'm going to recommend for a non healing wound? I don't think so. I think I'm going to go with that best source of vitamin C there, which will be kiwi, which is going to be my best fit there. Today on the What's Eating You segment, I want to discuss how to keep a smoothie filling for your whole morning, afternoon, night, or even for this whole summer here. Well, you might have started out by juicing or making smoothies the first time. Do you remember what type of smoothie you actually made? I feel like the first one I made was some random thing I saw on Food Channel, and maybe it was a classic recipe of like a cup of juice, milk, or water, and I blended up with like a cup of fruit with some veggies, and I remember doing it and be like, oh, this is good for a little bit. But the thing is, is that like, I won't speak for you, but if I eat something with just some water and fruit blended in, or maybe milk and just the fruit, juice and it's a ton of carbs in there and not a lot of fat or protein. So I'm telling you, I'm gonna be hungry about 90 minutes after drinking some of something like that, and it's gonna be mostly fluid for me. And why is that? Why is it not holding me over? Well, the primary reason is that smoothies like that, they're so deficient in any protein or fat And we know those foods provide a lot of satiety to us or they stick with us a lot longer. Remember, if you eat like a simple carb, like Chinese food, you are gonna still be hungry like an hour later because you didn't have a lot of carbs or protein to really bind that up and stick with you here. So if I'm gonna make a smoothie, I'm gonna add lots of fat, lots of protein to it to boost it up and make sure it sticks with me. If I'm gonna do that, I wanna discuss kind of what your favorite options are of proteins and fats. I essentially have a couple good sources that I like to go to when I'm thinking of my high protein and high fat sources. Sometimes I'll go for some peanut butter, flax or chia seeds, whey protein powders, uh, full fat yogurt, walnuts, pine nuts, you name it. If it's got a good amount of fats and protein and you think it would mix well with your fruits, I say toss it in. So I always walk through two favorite default smoothies. I'm very boring in that way, that I have two styles of a smoothie that I like, and I don't really like to venture buy a lot of ingredients for other smoothies. Although, if you're someone who knows a smoothie that's a lot better than these, I would love to hear about it. My first one is what I call my savory style smoothie. And this is kind of a chocolatey dessert type one that I'll have in the morning. It consists of a cup of milk, a frozen banana, peanut butter, flax seed and cocoa powder. The milk and the peanut butter and the flaxseed are gonna provide some of my fats as well as a lot of my protein to help stick with me there, especially that peanut butter. The frozen banana will help provide the sweetness and the cocoa powder, that chocolatiness. So this is like a nice dessert to start your day and it's gonna fill me for at least a few hours. My next is more of my like fruitier, sweeter smoothie, which will always have frozen fruits such as kiwi, strawberry, pineapple, blueberries, mango. And I'm gonna blend that up with some of my milk, chia seeds, yogurt, and spinach. It comes out to this nice thick smoothie that's really perfect on the sweet and definitely doesn't need anything else added after that. So what am I missing in my favorite smoothies, you think? I can't wait to hear about your choices. That cuts it for the What's Eating You segment and for the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed my immune system talk. I am glad. hope you got through some of those practice questions okay. And hey, maybe you learned something for your own health. Continue to review and reach out if you need any experienced tutor like myself to help you out with your RD exam studying. And hey, have a great day.